uh, nothing is accomplished alone. However, everything can be accomplished through your uh, concrete relationships. You know, I want people to realize that you're not on an island by yourself. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. There are many more topics more important in the world of business than strategic partnerships. How do you build and leverage relationships where it's mutually beneficial. Today, we are pleased to be joined by a good friend of ours who has an experienced background in talking about the importance of connections and the power that those relationships can have, not only in your professional career, but also in your personal life. Our next speaker is a high school principal. He's an author. He's written several books or co-authored several books, including the one we're going to talk about today, Concrete Connections. His other books include Impact of Influence, Black Man Love, and The Winning Mindset. Concrete Connections, Building Solid Relationships That Last, is packed full of knowledge, not just from our next speaker, but his wisdom to say, let's not just talk about relationships and the value of connections, but let's bring them in. And so this book is a collection of other voices as well. Welcome to the show, Charles. We're so glad to have you here. Best-selling author, educator, coach. It's so glad to have you here on the Twins Talking Up program. How are you? Uh, man, doing good this morning, man. I appreciate you guys having me, Dave, Danny. I appreciate you guys having me on your platform. I'm ready to go. Awesome. This is Danny. And from time to time, as Dave and I are speaking, we'll make sure to let our audience know if you're not watching us on YouTube, you're lis listening on the podcast, we'll let you know who's asking the question. Now, Charles, uh, one of the great things about your background is it's a very unique background. And we want you to tell us how you landed in the world of academia. But your background is unique in the fact that you're a former football player and a football coach. And now you're serving in the high school as a principal and also as a leadership consultant. So tell our audience, how did you blend sports and academia together into the profession you're at today? Well, really, uh, for me, blending sports and academic was um, it was by chance, man. Uh, one of the guys that um, one of the, the gentlemen, Dr. Poole, who was a mentor to me, kind of saw that in me, saw the light in me, saw that I could be a, a, a good educator and a, and a good coach, man. So my idea of, of getting out of college and moving forward after athletics was getting into the industry, the oil and gas industry. You, that's where my degrees uh, were based out of. But uh, there was a, a gentleman, like I said, Dr. Poole, who saw that light in me, saw that I could be a leader for kids, a leader for people. So I, I tried it out for, you know, man, it took me a week and I was hooked, man. It's, there's no other profession greater where you can impact lives than in education. 
This is David. And Charles, I appreciate you mentioning a couple of things there about impact in lives and everything that we do, whether we know it or not, can change the trajectory of a life. And so whether you're in the professional world as a C-suite member or business owner, or if you're in the academia space, anything that you look at, if you're going to go out there with the focus of changing lives, you can literally highlight, shape the course of the next great innovator, the next great writer, the next great impact person at the NFL level or at the corporate, at the corporate level. There's so much there. But you also mentioned something about mentorship, and I love that. And, and I've got to ask, before we get into your book, could that be foundational, not just for the career path you chose, but also for why this is a focus for you in terms of relationships? Talk about mentorship as a whole. Uh, mentorship is very important, man. There, is, there are so many people out there that don't have that support system that they need. Uh, and, and connecting with somebody that can kind of guide them in that direction is, is very important. You know, I run into that in education where you, well, I see kids that feel like they don't have anything. Like I don't have, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know my direction. I'm panicking. It's stressful. I don't have anybody to, to coach me through things. I don't have anybody that's successful in my life that, that's doing some things positive in the direction I want to go in. So just being a mentor and just, and it's not always about just putting things on paper. It's not always about a plan. It's about the conversation that you have, the uplift, uplifting energy that you give those. And it doesn't have to be young scholars. It can be adults, your peers, anybody, just motivating people with positive energy and a great mindset can help others, man. Mentorship is, is I think, what is something that creates a, an effective person day by day. I love that. And this is David again, uh, Charles, that you mentioned the importance of mentorship. And I don't want this to be missed or escaped from my listening audience, that there are people you could still have in your life, regardless of the stage of career you're at, the experience you've had. You can have a business coach. You can have a life coach. You can have pure relationships. You've got to have people in your life that you know will speak the truth to you regardless if you like it or not. And they actually will help keep you on the path because we all have blind spots. We all have areas that we might miss. Charles, you're a best-selling author and a co-author of four books. I want to touch on your latest book, Concrete Connections, Building Solid Relationships That Last. It's packed full of knowledge. And what I loved is that you brought in some powerful relationships as well. But but let me ask you from your perspective as the author, the guy who put his vision behind bringing these other voices together, what inspired you to write this book and why concrete relationships? Man, it's, it's life. Um, life brought me to writing this book, man, just living life every day. That I wouldn't be the person who I am today without the solid relationships that have been in my life, man. Concrete connections have uh, propelled me to, to who I am today because I had struggles as a young kid. I had struggles growing up. There, there was some lack of guidance from, you know, family members or, or things like that, man. But the connections that I built with friends, I had a choice of who I chose to run with. I had a choice of what I wanted to do. But these connections, like, like the teachers, the coaches, the other individuals just in my path, man, all through life, there's been solid connections that I've made that helped me get to where I am. So it was a no brainer for me. Like I live off of relationships. I respect those, you know, I'm firm, but, but fair always, you know, relationships is the key to everything that we do. Like I say, um, 
nothing is accomplished on your own, but anything and everything can be accomplished through relationships. This is Danny. That's incredible. And I appreciate you having a book that really impacts not only yourself, but really everyone that's going to read the book is going to be impacted. And one of the things that stands out to me is that those solid, incredible relationships you had, you actually invited a lot of leaders, these amazing leaders to contribute to the book itself. And in this book, you uh, actually elevate. You talk about strong relationships from a personal level, from a professional level. How did you decide which leaders? Because it seems to me that there's a lot of leaders in your lives, a lot of mentors, a lot of professional people in your life. How did you determine which leader or set of leaders should be one to contribute with your book? Well, just by knowing like them and what they're doing in their lives right now and just different periods of my life that I've been impacted by them. They're not only just leaders that I've that I admire and see uh, on a you know on a day to day where either it's through social media or whatever, but these individuals also are relationships that I have in my life. You know, so I know what type of people they are. You know, whether this relationship is a relationship that I've had for years or a relationship that I've just grown to, to uh, invite into my life, these are relationships that are in my life and they have touched me, and I know that they know what type of people they are. So that was the most important piece. Of bringing people in that I know. It's not like I'm just asking somebody that I don't have any clue about. These are people that are solid, concrete relationships in my life. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, Finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast, and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is David Charles, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And one, one thing that Dan and I have talked about is the idea of bringing in certain voices that have impacted us. And I can't tell you how important that is. I look back at our education at Howard University, 
and think about all the incredible leaders that have come from that institution. And then you think about the incredible actors, the uh, politicians, uh, in fact, the our vice president of our country. And and you also think about some of those who come out as writers. And we think about the people that have graced our podcast that were also graduates of Howard University, including Steve, uh, Steve Weiss and Jim Trotter. It's important to have voices that you can bring in that will elevate the right message. And they, they, they all have the same sense of brotherhood. And and I appreciate even you sending us a copy. And I, and I want to say I enjoyed reading it. And And I want to ask you, what are those one or two key takeaways from the book that you think would be particularly valuable for our listeners? And and I would say our listening audience, for the most part, as you know, are business professionals. A lot of them are in the technology space, some of the educational sector. Uh, but what are what are one of those key takeaways or maybe two key takeaways from your book that you think would be valuable for our listeners? One of the big, as I was writing my chapter and just thinking about the book, one of the big key takeaways that um, that I really focus on as we go through it, as I talk to individuals about it, as I talk to other authors about the book was something that I said a little bit earlier, like uh, nothing is accomplished alone. However, everything can be accomplished through your uh, concrete relationships. You know, I want people to realize that you're not on an island by yourself. You know, it doesn't have to come from uh, specific individuals in your life, man. Relationships are built by what you choose to make. Those individuals that you choose to bring into your life, that energy that you choose to allow in your life. Like I focus on, like in my chapter, I'll focus on th- uh, two important traits and that's energy and trust. Those are the, some of the key values of these solid concrete relationships. Your energy must be positive. You must be uplifting. And you have to trust individuals. You have to trust the individuals that you let in your life. And also they have to trust that you have their best interest at heart as well. So those are are key points that when we're talking about relationships and concrete relationships, uh, you must have those. This is Danny. And I I really think that that is very vital as you stated. The thing about great relationships as well is the ability to be a great active listener. Mm-hmm. And listening to understand. Can you expound upon that a little bit more? Because as you start building these great relationships, the uh, a- aspect of active listening, there's a lot of relationships out there, but they're not really strong in depth because there's not active listening. It's more passive. Let me just get my voice in next. Can you, can you expound upon that a little bit more? Well, I can tell you that, um, like you guys said, I'm a principal right now. Um, I'm a principal at a specialized campus. We do have high school and we have all levels of, of kids on my campus and my teachers have uh, you know, struggles, you know, just like in education, we do have struggles. And that is a very important piece, you know, active listener that I'm listening and I'm paying attention um, and I'm focused in on what they're saying to me. You know, I'm not just uh, shaking my head. Yes, yes, yes. I'm being an active listener. I'm listening and I'm repeating what they're telling me. It's not verbatim, but I'm hitting the key points that they're telling me. So they understand that I'm listening to them and I'm taking that in and I'm taking their Whatever it is, if, if, if it's a time where they just need to vent or they were trying to solve a problem or we're trying to work together because there is something that we got to push out to staff, you know, it's very important to listen before, you know, because sometimes we get busy in our day and we want to come up with a solution. 
and we're not listening to everything. We're going through our solution in our head and we're not listening. But what you said right there, man, that's been something that I've learned that active listening where I'm listening, I can repeat what's happening. They say, man, Mr. Woods is paying attention. He's focused. He's really listening to me. He really cares. He really loves he, what he says he does, you know, he says he loves us and he's going to do everything that this and that and that and this, what he wants to, uh, you know, put us in the best position. He really does, you know, so that is a very important part, that active listening piece. No, nothing that I was born with, but I, I uh, learned to, to value that, that piece a lot. Charles, this is David, and I appreciate you shedding insight into that point. We have agendas. A lot of us leaders, we need to get things done. We need to go from point A to point B. We need to make sure that we're getting the, the email answer. We need to make sure we're getting the proposal turned in. We need to make sure things are getting done. And so oftentimes that could be a hurdle or a barrier to really stopping the pause and say, am I listening? Am I active in my listening? Am I listening to understand? And you said something interesting when you said repeating is key or repeating is important, repeating back. And so it leads me to think either you're married or you're a teacher because typically uh, spouses will say, or at least husbands, if you're trained, right? Or you're encouraged to do this, right? You're gonna say, so honey, what you're asking is this, or what you're asking is that. You see educators do it all the time. It's to make sure that that student is comprehending the ask. And so I think that's important for any level of responsibility you might have. Now, speaking of relationships as well, Charles, I, I've got a fraternity question here. You know, you, you, okay. you are a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. Yeah, there's nobody like uh, the brothers of uh, Kappa, Kappa Alpha Psi, man. We are a unique brand of brothers. Uh, we stick together no matter where we are, no matter we know each other just a couple of seconds ago, known each other a couple of seconds ago, or it's, or it's a lifelong thing, man. So once you see a brother, it's, it's much love. And, and then there comes the support behind that to push each other. But there, there'll be other things, you know, that you'll learn pretty soon. Uh, but uh, <laughs> some of that is, is, is top secret, top secret knowledge. <laughs> but, you know, man, leveraging it, man, you see uh, brothers all over the place, man. And it's, it's always... Um, you can tell a, a, a good brother that you have, you know, you, and we're always looking out for each other. It is a brotherhood uh, wherever we can propel each other forward. Uh, we have great conversations. That is the, the biggest key. Like, it's not like we, we utilize just, I'm in the fraternity, you're in the fraternity, and we just like, it's expected. It's the conversations after you meet each other and greet each other and, you know, the in-depth conversations about life and how we want to propel each other forward. So, it's about those uh, those communication skills that we have with each other. And then we see what each other's uh, interests are and where we can aid each other and assist each other, man. It's it's a bond of brothers that want to see one another do great and want to make sure that uh, everything around us is moving, you know, in a great direction too. And it, as well as put our hands, if we can put our hands on it to make it better, then that's what we want to do. This is Danny. That's incredible to hear that. and. Dave and I share a bond, as you well aware, we're identical twins. That right. is uh, instantaneous. If we don't see each other for a month or two months and we get together, we know exactly where to, where to pick up, where to leave off. If I have a certain look in my face or my voice doesn't sound a certain way, Dave knows exactly what that means. And I'm sure it's the same thing with you and your, your uh, fraternity brothers as well. But one of the great things is your position as a principal in the education space. You know a lot about what has happened before the pandemic, what is happening during the pandemic, and as we are hopefully starting to come out of the pandemic, you see a lot of the, 
different trends and different things changing. But in the education space, can you give us some thoughts and insights on how this has been impacting your uh, education sphere when it comes to online education, when it comes to the student interaction with the teachers? Uh, what has that been like? And what do you think is going to happen in the future? Are we going to continue to have uh, some interaction where some people will be home, some people will be in the classroom? Will we continue to have interactions where there be online video learning? But what do you see happening going forward? I think it's been, there's been uh, pros and cons to uh, what we've experienced. Uh, some of the cons are like we have seen that we, we have a select group of students in different districts all over the United States that can possibly learn uh, online. Like my daughter, for one, my younger daughter, she's a 11th grader this year, but she had no problem during online learning because she's a person that I'm going to knock it out when I get it. I'm a, when I get my assignments from my teachers, I'm going to knock all of that out. So I have this, this free time. She is a, a go-getter, a doer. She's top 3% in her class right now. It didn't hurt her at all. Like she's 23 out of 898 kids. So online learning didn't hurt her at all. Now, I can tell you on the other end is the social skills, you know, uh, the kids already kind of struggle with because of technology. They tend to be sitting right next to each other, texting each other instead of having a conversation. And that is one of the big issues. Yes, we have learning gaps that some kids have faced because they didn't sit in front of the curriculum or do what they could or they couldn't get what they needed because they need certain types of learning while they were online. They had those gaps that were created. But I think bigger than the academic gaps are the social gaps of interacting with people and knowing how to have conversations and knowing how to uh, discuss when I have a um, when I when I have a disagreement with my peers or a disagreement with my teachers um, and it's caused and that's why you see an increase in, in behavior issues that are going out in schools because they don't know how to interact to have that conversation. And I'm gonna go a little deeper that some people might not want to hear, but we talk about the kids these days. It's not the kids. Kids are kids. They're gonna learn from the adults. It's the parenting. Like some of those things discipline wise that were done back when we were of age in that piece, like those things aren't the values now or some people, you know, I don't want my kid to go through this. So I'm extra light on them, man. We don't meet in the middle where there's expectations and we hold them accountable like we need to hold them accountable because they're looking to us for guidance. You know, uh, we got to quit saying it's the kids, it's the kids, it's the kids. And it's not the kids are the kids, just like I tell my staff every day. We already know what our kids are going to be like, what they're going to bring in the door when they come off the buses, when they get out the cars with their parents. Now, what are we doing as adults to prepare for them? Are we doing the same? If we had these issues yesterday, are we doing the same thing? We're coming in with the same plan, the same strategies? Are we switching it up? Are we changing? Are we going to do something different so we can impact their lives better? You know, we got to stop blaming it on the kids. We got to make sure as adults, we're doing everything that we can do. Uh, so we're supporting them and pushing them forward. And guess what? It's not always peaches and cream. It's not. It's tough love. You know, it's in that middle. Tough love. I'm firm but fair, you know. Charles, this is David. And I'll tell you this. Yesterday, I was in a meeting with other educators, uh, sports bloggers, reporters, and we were talking a little bit about some of the situations that happened at one of the other HBCUs. And some of the things that came out of it, which was interesting, is one of the athletic directors 
of one of the prominent uh, schools in the MEAC conference, which is our conference, of course, with Howard University, she mentioned something interesting. She said, you know, educators are so important. We might highlight because of social media and talk about sports and particularly football, but there's so much that goes on at the schools that are more important than just football. And so what we want to do is focus on educators. And what was interesting is hearing an athletic director say this, and she's speaking in this group of over 100 people, and she said, I want to see more educators in this space. I want to see more men teaching and letting that be something that they aspire to other than saying, I'm going to go make it in the NFL or make it in the NBA. When we know statistically there's a low, low percentage of those people that play collegiate sports that actually go to play professionally. And so I love that you're saying that that we've got to look at the educators and what you're doing. Now, Charles, you're also a public speaker and you're wearing a shirt that you actually have on your website. And I want you to tell everybody, what does it mean to think great, do great, be great? Because I'm intrigued now by your public speaking platform and where do you put your focus in terms of, or where do you see yourself speaking more? What platforms are you speaking at? Who are you speaking to? What's your audience look like? So tell us about the shirt you're wearing for our listening audience. You can't see it, but I'm telling you, think great, do great, be great. And then tell us about the platforms where you're speaking at. Well, um, you know, I, I thought about it when, even when I wrote in the first chapter of the Impact of Influence, Volume 1, uh, just how I've become the person that I've become. And it was, you know, and, and that one word, that acronym GREAT came to me, man. Um, the, the gratitude, uh, the resilience, energy, accountability, and trust. Those five traits, you know, I'm grateful for every opportunity that I get, man. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm just grateful to open my eyes up and just live another day. Resilient, it doesn't matter. I've been through ebbs and flows. I've been through rough times, man. It, we can't sit in that. We can't be in doom and gloom. We got to get up and we got to keep going. We got to keep pushing. Energy is positive every day. I walk in, I'm smiling on my face. I'm going to give you positive energy. Some of my kids look at me, Mr. Woods, how are you positive? So positive so much, man, because that's what life is about, man. I'm grateful to be here. Um, accountable. I'm accountable for um, whatever I do, my actions. I'm accountable for my actions. I, I expect my my students and my my staff to be accountable for their actions. I, I uh, expect my, my peers, my friends, family be accountable for their actions. And that's very important. And trust, man, just like I said before, um, trust. I, I'm I want people to know and trust that I have their be their best interest in heart when I'm, you know, putting them in my circle. I'm in their circle and I and I have to trust them, too, man. I can't do everything on my own. I can't do things by myself. There's nothing in this life that I can do on my own. Uh, so I have to, to learn to trust people as well. So that that's what great is. Think great. Um, put a plan together. If you, if it if it doesn't roll off of you and you live every day in that, you got to put a plan together where you can be great every day. Implement the plan. It's do great. You got to implement it, run with it every day, and of course, be great. You do those two things, man, and you will be great every day. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E, 
WICZ.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Danny. Very simple, very profound, and a call to action, which is incredible. It is very incredible. If we just do those three things, life would be so much better, not just for ourselves, but everyone around us. We all have this vision of wanting to do the great things around, around us. We all have these New Year's resolutions. And we think these things, but we don't do these things. And so just the three things that you just mentioned, it's very simple to do and just go out and do it every day. Just the act of you walking into school and people seeing you smile, just to see you smile, despite everything that's happening around them, despite negativity, despite the fact that there's a lot of economic woes, physical woes, there's might be some woes inside the household and maybe school is the only way that people can escape. But yet to see a smiling face gives people hope. Just that little smile can actually change a kid's life, which is incredible. Going back to the education space and football, tell us a little bit more about your, your thoughts on playing sports. And I say this because... Dave mentioned a little bit earlier that not every child that plays sports will become a professional. If you look at the statistics, it's so, so difficult to even make it as a professional. And it is not something that every child will be able to, to get to. Now, I'm not going to say this is a case everywhere around the world, but there have been some trends that if you go to certain schools around the country that are influenced by a certain background, and you go to that school and you ask the kids, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Some kids will say, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a politician. I want to go into education. In fact, I actually want to go work for Tesla, whatever it may be. You'll hear that, which is great. But you take the same question and go to an inner city school. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be, I want to be the next LeBron James. I, w- I, want to, I want to be the next Patrick Mahomes. You hear these kids say this. They don't value the education as much. And the percentages are so low, you might as well go play the lotto. That's how hard it is to become an athlete. And so you have to really focus on your education space. And I, I'm, I'm saying this because I really think it goes with the adults. As you said, sometimes we think it's the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids. No, it's the adults, right? The kids are just going to be kids. It's the adults. What are the adults around those kids really telling them? How are they mentoring them? How are they giving them real hope for the future? Hey, look, you're a great athlete. You're probably the best here in the district, but let's focus on your education just in case you get injured or you have a serious injury or something. Let's make sure you have another dream, another another way to give back 
and take care of your family because something can happen. Anything could happen. Something can derail you. And so I want to ask you this question, um, two-part question. Question one, how important is it for you as an educator, as a principal, to really push heavily the, this aspect of getting your education over playing sports? And I know you're an athlete. That's question number one. And question number two, tell us a little bit more about your, your coaching background, your football background, because I think people want to know a little bit more about that as well. So two-part question for you, uh, Charles. One is uh, really uh, when you're talking to your children in your high school and, and your education space, how important is it really focus on education over sports? Uh, not saying that it's going to take over sports, but just really focusing on education. And then number two, tell us a little bit more about your, your football background. Okay, man, I could go on and on with this topic, man. Uh, and they're going to probably kind of mesh together because what you're talking about, it involved me as a kid, you know, that this, this conversation involved me and the way I was thinking and my train of thought. But um, first, it's very important. Being a part of a team, just period, being involved in extracurricular activities is very important for a child right now in your life as it go before we even think about college or moving on from there because we're working on social skills. We got to get them outside of their shell. We got to be able to communicate with other people to be to other with other people to be successful in life, period. So team, whatever it may be, whatever club you're in, whatever organization outside of the academia that you're in is very important. Now, uh, athletics, you know, it is about like what type of teacher is sitting in front of a kid? What kind of conversations are you having? You know, it's very important that, that we're lucky enough in academics, we're blessed enough in academics to be in front of kids and being able to motivate kids. And we don't, we don't get to choose who comes in that classroom. They might not have that push from home or that, that even that knowledge from home about college. So they gotta hear it somewhere. They gotta hear it in the classroom. We gotta be speaking about it. If it's that next LeBron James sitting in the classroom, there needs to be a, a conversation about, hey, what happens if you get injured, what other areas are you interested in? Do you want to be an engineer? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be an educator? Do you want to be a coach? You got to have those kind of conversations too, because yes, you're very talented athletically, but then what are what is our plan here? What is after sports? You know, what happens if you get to college and you don't enjoy it anymore? Like what what's next for you? And when you speak about that, that was a kid like me growing up and there were struggles uh, in my neighborhood, and I saw my way out was going to college. And then I saw another tool to get out was my athletic ability, because I was an athlete. So I knew I was going to go to college as a freshman in high school. When I got my first letter, it was just a type letter. It wasn't anything specific. It wasn't personalized. But I got my first letter from the University of Texas, because I was a pretty fast kid. You know, I, I made varsity, uh, the district meet to run track, didn't do anything just super amazing. But I was able to compete in the middle to middle ass of the varsity kids because it was some some racehorses out there. But I got that experience. And then I got to play varsity football my sophomore year. So I started getting more type letters, nothing personal, you know, but I saw a way to go to college. But I can tell you this. My thought wasn't the NFL. My thought was I get my college degree paid for for free. Yes, it's like two jobs in college playing football, but I was looking at, I don't have to do anything, sign this scholarship. And then I'm, my, my goal was a college degree at all times. If I had a chance to, to try out for the NFL, okay. But if I don't, that's not the plan. The plan first was to get a college degree. And lucky for me, I was team captain my senior year. I was a good kid. 
you know, I didn't get any kind of trouble. I got a call back and man, they, they paid for my master's. They paid for a master's degree. They called me to go back to be a grad assistant football coach. And then they paid for my master's. So even tagging on to that, my coaching background, like I went back to the university and I started coaching in, um, in the secondary as a grad assistant football coach. I was lucky enough, guys, I coached some athletes. I got a chance to coach with my coach at that time, Coach Bartell, Charles Tillman, who played for the Bears. And um, I got a chance toward his, the end of his career. The little bit was um, Ike Taylor, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I got a chance to, to coach and I got a chance to either play with those guys, man. Phenomenal athletes. So uh, I got a chance to put my hands on them a little bit and, and um from there, I decided, hey, I was going to go back and get into the industry. I was going to get in the oil and gas industry, but the market was kind of crazy. The jobs were kind of crazy. I had two degrees, so they were thinking I got more, a whole lot of, of credentials, but no experience. So I was struggling with that. And like I said, concrete connections. Dr. Poole, uh, who was my coach when I was in high school, was a principal of a, of a high school and saw in me that I could be a teacher a coach and thought I would make a great impact on kids. So for him, out of the respect that I had for him, I said, I'll try it for a year, see how it is. It took me one week and I loved it. I was a football coach, basketball coach in high school, uh, just being able to impact the lives. Um, I loved it, man. So I stayed in that. Then I went on to be a, a track coach. I, I got a, got kids that I've, I've coached in football and track that we won a state title in the four by four in Texas. You, like we were, you had some horses then, and those guys went on to play college football. I had a couple of guys to go play college football, but guess what? Those kids, all the, the most important part, the, the the biggest thing that I'm proud of, those kids that they got an opportunity to go to college, they graduate, they got graduated, and they made something out of them their lives with the degrees. You know, they're not NFL players, they're not any of that, but they're engineers. They're um, they're running their own ind individual businesses. That's awesome, Charles. This is David. And what, what an incredible vision that you've been given, not just from the influences in your life, but also just from the way you've internalized, where can I make the best impact? Where can I find fulfillment? How can I shape lives? Whether it's on the track, whether it's in the locker room, now in the classroom, as an educator, you're making a difference. And I appreciate that. And I love that you're taking that message on stage. Just the way you broke down the acronym, great. That was powerful. I loved it. And, and what, what I got out of it was gratitude, just the, the mindset you need to have. And from that mindset of always being grateful and overflowing with appreciation, and you built this sense of resilience, that you can have that resilience muscle. It's like that working out muscle. It might hurt at first, but the more you build it up, the better, the stronger, the more resistant it's going to become. That's resilience, having the right energy, coming to it with the right energy, the right what I would say, focus. You're going to attack that day, attack that moment, learn it to be accountable. I tell people all the time, you could be accountable for your actions. That's about all you have. Everything else you could build. But as long as you say, I own this, I own who I am, I own my development, you can get anywhere. And then lastly, trust. That's what this is all about. And I appreciate the fact that you've done this, not just in your classroom, but you're doing this in every platform that you had. Now, we all need relationships. No, we need concrete relationships. We can leverage concrete relationships. We can even become those relationships and go to resources for other people. You know, there's a quote by Henry Ford. And he said something along the lines of this. Coming together is a beginning. 
staying together is progress, but working together is success. If you want to learn more about Charles and his work, visit charles-woods.square.site to learn more about Charles, his work, his speaking platform. But I also want to encourage our listening audience today, go to Amazon, pick up his latest book, Concrete Connections, Building Solid Relationships That Last. It is sure to become a favorite of yours and a great tool that not only will you have in your classroom, on your bookshelf, it'd be a gift that you give to other people. Charles, thank you for joining us today, for being a part of our platform. Keep speaking, keep teaching, and please come back on again. We'd love to have your voice. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's been a pleasure. And can I also say, if they want an autographed copy, then they can just go to my social media and they can order my book from my social media and I will send you a personal autograph. Love that, Charles. I'll make sure to include your handles as well on the post for our listening audience. You heard that today. You could get an autographed copy of his book. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.